Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Europa Report. In 2013, apparently a film came out, but nobody heard of it. Hey, a few people heard about it. It's like it's like the Velvet Underground from the 60s, you know? Like, not many people listened to it, but everyone started their own band. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird one, because um, uh, today's film, Europa Report. Europa Report. We, our guest for the Interstellar episode, she was like reeling off like, oh, you got to watch this space film, this space film, this, and just threw in Europa Report. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that one. And it turns out no one I mentioned it to has ever heard of this film. Well, I mentioned it to you, and our coworker mentioned it to you. and uh... mm. But yeah, like anyone I've been like, oh yeah, I'm watching Europe Report tonight. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I guess we should introduce ourselves. This is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The, the one built out of wood, I guess, that we didn't do for our temple run. But as you said. Yeah, this is the temple we've recorded, I think, the most episodes in. we got a, um, a shed cicada skin right next to us. Yeah. To... They're always a little bit creepy. <laughs> but um, I saw this one, I think, not too long after it came out. Because it, it, this came out around that time when um, they kept upping the, like, realistic space film. Because we got um, Gravity, mm. which everyone blew, it blew everyone's mind. And The Martian, wow, that's even cooler. Then Interstellar, wow, that's even cooler. And um, this was somewhere in there. It's the sort of low-budget alternative. Yep. Uh, made for, I, I think it said under $10 million. Ah, okay. Because every shot in this does look good. Yeah. You just don't see much. <laughs> it's a found footage film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but with, you know, cameras that are actually mounted, which is nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at least one or two actors I did actually kind of recognize. It wasn't like a nothing film. Right. No, it's a nice taut film. Um, like, I, I, you know, I saw it, I enjoyed it uh, quite well. And, yeah, I mean, nothing... I, I guess some of the actors are a little bit flattish, but they are also, you know, an astronaut in deep space. I mean, 2001, they, they weren't really percolating with, uh, no. with energy. <laughs> well, that's the film that this was, like, compared to. I don't quite feel like it's up there in, like, your interstellar in 2001 leagues. But no, also, it was nice to just see a space film just, like... Just be like, yeah, discovering some alien life would be cool enough on its own. We don't need to go that much more weird. Right, right. <laughs> and there's, like, there's plenty of weird here. I mean... But it's, it's quite low-key weird. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's enough for me. I just need to see it. Uh, an alien's pretty cool. You don't need to then also make it, like, do all kinds of other weird shit. Yeah, and if you've landed on an icy moon of Jupiter and you're the first person to ever do so, looking out the window is going to be pretty trippy. Yeah. On its own. You don't really have to pile up too much sure. on that. Film some shots in Iceland, and it is pretty trippy. You don't need anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's sort of become a shorthand in film now, hasn't it? Yeah. 
Hello, uh, Interstellar again. <laughs> what else they do that with? Uh, one of the Star Trek. It's not space, but Game of Thrones did like everything north of the wall is filmed up in Iceland. Yeah, uh, Star Trek Discovery had a bit of Iceland in ah, okay. the last season. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I guess we'll just since it's a film that is not super known, I will just blast out that plot and then we'll uh, unpeel. From As always, this is your spoiler warning because Matt's going to spoil the whole film now. mission was a corporate endeavor set to advance humanity. The best of the best were sent out much farther into space than any human before to seek out new life on the promising moon of Europa. Six months into the mission, a solar flare damaged the spacecraft's communication systems, and junior engineer James Corrigan was lost in the attempt to repair it. The rest of the crew finally arrived at Europa, landing a bit off of their target point. Science officer Katya Petronov managed to discover evidence of life on the icy moon, but was subsequently eaten by a bioluminescent space squid off camera. The remaining members of the crew attempt to launch back towards Earth, but the attempt fails, and Captain William Zhu, Zhu Chu, oh man, how do I, they said it right in the movie, and now I'm saying it wrong. Let me see it written down. It's XU, XU man. Zoo. I don't know. I think it's Z, Z. Anyway, sacrifices himself to prevent the entire spacecraft being lost. Now, in the proper thin ice landing spot, the crew realizes that they are shortly going to fall into the Europa Sea, assuming they do not first run out of the quickly dropping oxygen or heat. Science officer Daniel Luxemburg attempts to repair life support, but is then eaten by a bioluminescent space squid. NAF lead engineer Andre Bloch manages to successfully repair communications, but he is then eaten by a bioluminescent space squid. Pilot Rosa Dosk realizes the jig is up and opens the spacecraft's airlock to meet the bioluminescent space squid, which then probably eats her. Yeah, I didn't remember his surname because I think in the film they just call him James. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, obviously I went to look at the cast list to, to yeah. rock that one out. So, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think at the beginning they show everyone's full names when they're introducing yeah, yeah, them in yeah. the documentary form. But yeah, maybe they don't say it. Not there. Yeah, they mostly call each other by first names, as I remember. Uh, James being the only actor that I guess is super recognizable here. Yeah, it's a uh, Dickus. Dickus. <laughs> <laughs> District 9, and he was also um, he's Murdoch a, in yeah, the A-Team. Yeah, he's on the A-Team. Yeah. Um, he's, he's the... He's, he's the, in Elysium as well, isn't he? He's the bad guy in Elysium, I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. And, and in Maleficent. 
Yeah, and he was in this. <laughs> have I? I feel like I haven't seen him in the past few years. Hmm. I, I, I now, but then cool. again, have you watched many? Because he's he's never like a super big budget dude, right? He mostly does the oh, weirder semi indie oh. stuff. I feel like so maybe just haven't Elysium watched him. Would have had budgets. Yeah, but this then, didn't have a budget. This is some but the Elysium stuff. was still. Um, from the District 9 guy, whose name I'm forgetting. Blowing comfort. Yeah, so he's just very good at making it look like it has a bigger budget than it Yeah, does. yeah, there is a, a, a quite an element of that. But th this one is a very tiny budget. Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have $10 million to play with, but I, I wouldn't be making a movie, would I? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, I, I guess he was like, on, you know, it's like, oh, we got... He, he's their name, yeah. and probably was on a tight schedule, so they blew him out the airlock, so to speak. I wondered if... Because I didn't know anything about the film going in. Because they've got this actor and he played a fairly sensible role and then disappeared halfway through. I thought he was going to come back as some fucked up space ghost at the end. That would have been stupid. No, but like, you know, when you watch a film and it's like... I think Sunshine does that. When we were watching um, Color Out of Space. I'm like, well, they've got Nick Cage here and he's just being normal. Surely they hired Nick Cage so that he can go insane later on. <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel like they hired uh, him in this one just to, you know, have a name actor. Just to have a face you recognize, yeah. He's fine. I mean, he's, 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 he's like, um, he makes me think of Spaceman Benny from the Lego movie. Yeah, he just, he's likable and he likes the fact that he's in space. <laughs> Until he gets too much in space. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that is a pretty um, existentially disturbing scene of him drifting off and dying. Yeah, yeah, that's a nasty way to go. Yeah. <laughs> But you, um, nice, nice scenery on the way out, I guess. I, I still haven't actually read it, but Phoenix, which is like the magnum opus manga of the guy who invented Astro Boy. Oh, right, right. One of the chapters of that is about two um, escape pods in space, and they're not quite on perpendicular paths. So eventually they just slowly drift apart. Ah. And it's apparently just like super depressing and sad, slow story about two spaceships drifting apart. That... that, I, I, that... Manga sits across from me when I'm at the dentist. Uh -huh. have, for some reason, that dentist has like a pretty swank manga collection or waiting room. In Everywhere there. has a super. It's like they, it would be the best manga collection you've ever seen if all of it was in English. Yeah, they they have. The but they're like you can pick them up for a buck in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, but they uh yeah they have the complete Firebird. Actually, I guess it's it's, it's the Japanese because mm. it's the you know fire like like Tori right. So, yeah. but yeah, I guess that's a phoenix. Huh? <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So they, whenever it's in English, it's called Phoenix. I think there's a big statue of him in Osaka. I've hung out with it. I don't have spots on my front teeth anymore, though. That's nice. You had spots on your front teeth? I used to. Huh. He fixed them. Oh, I see. You were talking about the dentist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. Kind of, I was thinking that was related to the Phoenix. Like, did a firebird like burn your teeth clean or something? That's right. The <laughs> cleansing fire of the Phoenix has uh, has restored my teeth to cosmetic beauty. I mean, if you care about like. Society's beauty standards for teeth, man. <laughs> I feel like we've gone off topic. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the, the acting in this movie is, I, I guess, again, it's not problematic, but it would be the weak point, I think. It's just, it's not a film that's about that. Right. And like, yeah, they're playing fairly stoic spacemen, right? Which is... And And women, yeah. I, it, the, the term is spacemen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, astronauts, cosmonauts, imagineers. Um. Ooh, that, that would be the, the Disney ran I was going on the way What's the, the one they call the Fantastic Four sometimes? Imaginauts, maybe? Imagine they have some weird names they call themselves. Micronauts. That was a, I think that was a toy in the It 80s. was. Okay. 
What did the Micronauts... Oh, they were Aren't they one of the ones that got turned into Transformers? Maybe. Oh, Microman, something. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that, that's not things I researched for this one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but um, Block, was it Andre Block? He, he was fun. Uh, I just kept thinking he'd make a good crew member for the Solaris. Yeah, he's the grumpy one, right? <laughs> well, the... PTSD guy, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's perfectly fine yeah. before he got... I mean, yeah, with good reason. Like, <laughs> watch the guy drift off and die in front of him. But I, I was half expecting him to go more crazy than he did. Mm. Again, because I didn't know what sort of film this was. Or was he going to go, like, full-on Michael Bay Armageddon space crazy? <laughs> <laughs> no, these are, they are dedicated. You, you have to give the screw that. They Maybe they make a few interesting decisions. Well, um, that's, that was the pleasant surprise of this film, is, like I said, like... They just, they do what you want a space crew to do. <laughs> it didn't, it wasn't about like, oh, but then one of them goes mad, like it's some Event Horizon shit. It's just like, no, they're just doing astronaut shit because astronaut yeah. shit is interesting enough to make a film about <laughs> Even if this astronaut shit gets you eaten by a bioluminescent space squid. But it didn't even feel like a depressing ending because like, you know, oh, they yeah, they it. all died, but for the worthy cause. And right, they, they made this amazing life, discovery. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, let's face it, let's, let's say that's the headlines. Tomorrow there is this, SpaceX crew, they, they're all dead, but now we know there's life. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I've had this conversation a lot of times with Rob and Matty, um, mine and Matt's colleagues, about, like, if, he, I'm, if Elon Musk said to me, like, Luke, do you want to come on the Mars mission? Yeah, I'd go. But they're like, yeah, but what if you die? I'm like, then I would die a hero's death and be remembered forever. <laughs> like... I, I guess uh, Rosa is somewhat accepting at the end. I, I mean, like, it's insinuating she's opening an airlock just to see what the fuck this is. Yeah. <laughs> she opened it so that it would be on camera, I thought was... Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to see what, what this thing is. Um, which... Yeah, again, I get that. Like, you know, if I'm going to die on an alien planet and there's a killer alien out there, I want to see the alien before I go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she she is... I guess she's... Again, I'm not really slamming the actor in this case, but too, not too hard. Um I guess she's the one that has to do the most emoting, right, for the camera, and uh, she doesn't okay, but that might but it, be somewhere. It's, none of it is bad acting. It's just that it's low key direction. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you could have that. Role like if you compare little. her to um, Catwoman in Interstellar, right? I thought you. I thought you were about to compare to Halle Berry and Catwoman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like she's playing a similar role, but she still like cries and emotes and Hollywoods it. Yeah. Whereas in this film, they don't do that. They're much more subtle in the way they act. But partly, possibly, to fit the whole found footage thing, right? They don't want to overdo anything. And so just, yeah, because, you know, they're stoic astronauts. They're acting like scientists that kind of know each other, but don't know each other that well, but now they spend a few years together. And also that all knew what they getting in for, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they signed up for a mission where they might end up getting eaten by a, by a luminescent space well, that, even, that was always on the table. Even without that, they're flying to, the, to one of the moons of Jupiter for the first time ever. They're, they knew there's a big chance you don't come back. Right. You think it's more of a squid or an octopus? I think they actually said the design was supposed to be in between. Yeah, I mean, I just saw the um, Sentinels from Matrix. Yeah. Especially because it's all lighting up. Right, right, right. Okay. But yeah, a, a cephalopod of some kind. And let's see, our other our other crew member is... There's like three other crew members. Well, there's that, that other scientist dude that looks kind of like James, but it's just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, 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 the cute Russian. Yes, she falls through the ice. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, make, that makes sense. You wouldn't know what the structure of the ice is going to be like on Europa. Since... But it was also such a, like, 
horror movie. You should probably go back, but she just kept going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were definitely... If, if there was a, a kind of cheesy, bad decisions were made moment, that would have been it. But yep. Yeah, everyone knows exactly what's about to happen to her in that yeah. scene. But, yeah, I mean, you... But, oh, there's a mysterious light. I'm going to walk towards it, okay, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, I don't know, if you're the first person on a, on a, outside of a craft on a rock or ice rock or whatever it is since 1971, you might want to go just a bit farther. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's, I'm not saying it was like... Because that was, she was going to their landing site, right? It, it wasn't, wasn't like, let's go in a haunted house and split up shit. Yeah, but... it was like, it was like the ship's in the wrong place because yeah. they landed off a little bit. So she's going to the right place, technically, mm. so... It seems like, but yeah, they again. That that's kind of fun because they would have been like screwed immediately if they had landed in the right place. Because mm. <laughs> it takes what about thirty minutes for the thing to fall in once they do land there. Yeah, although they do hit it pretty hard in that case. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, because they try and take off again, right, and fuck it up. That's another thing they do. They they're all like, okay, yes, it's time to try and take off. I mean, that is the smart thing to do at that point. So they do try and do the smart thing. The the only. The only real bad decision is, hey, I'm going to go see what that light is a little farther. And even then, it's like, eh, I kind of get it, you know? Okay, yeah, they have the conversation, right, where it's like, um, oh, we should just leave. We should, get, we should scrap this. It's dangerous. And you're expecting the typical Hollywood thing of, like, no, the mission's more important. And they stay on and they'll die. And, but the captain's just like, yeah, you're right. Let's go. <laughs> as <laughs> soon as the window's open, we're going. We've seriously discovered enough already. <laughs> yep. We found actual life. Um... Lost two crew members. Let's it's cut the losses. Makes sense. Yeah. And then, of course, he ends up sacrificing himself in the crash. To what, what does he do? Because he, uh, he has to unbuckle himself to hit a, a... Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's the... He kills the, himself so that they land. He texts the tech so they can land and he dies. Yeah. yeah, and then the other fellas... Like, okay, well, I can... There's no way we're getting out of here, but I can at least let us send all the data. But it means turning off life support. <laughs> Which I thought was an interesting little... Wrinkle at the end there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, de definitely, an, and I, I don't, I mean, we already spoiled the movie, of course, but I, I do feel like I'm saving the ending for a little deeper chatting. <laughs> I mean, when you say the ending, you just mean, like, you look at the squid. Yeah, that's a yeah. That's a money shot. It is a money shot, and it's, yeah, it, that's nine of their $10 million right there, I think, because <laughs> it shows up for, like, three frames. <laughs> but then they have each frame show for, like, yep. 10 seconds apiece. <laughs> but they should, because it's cool. Yeah, it's a cool alien. I mean, it's got a bit of the, uh, well, should we get into design separately? I was about to yeah. say, let's hit it there. I, I, I stopped myself because I saw you going for the button. Hit it! Also, my feet are falling asleep. So that's right, design. This one is a, 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 it's a little league hitter trying to go against the, uh, the big boys of the, the early 2010s. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about design for all of the space stuff, 
Because they did a good job of just making it look like what real spaceships look like. Right. I did. Uh, Enterprise came to mind a bit. I think they were trying to do that bit on the Enterprise TV show. Oh, because they got like some of them are the gravity's this way and some of them are gravity's that way. Yeah, it might be all the flat screens too. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the first Trek that had all those flat screens. Right. Which you can't really get away with in the other Treks because you keep trying. Well, yeah, they keep trying to go TOS era, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I I actually I find it interesting you put that that way because for me that made the design really interesting that they were like let's make this look as practical as possible. Oh yeah, it's just that but we again you compare it to the many films which were doing exactly that at the time it came out. Like it's it's all very good design, but I can't like close my eyes right now and picture the spaceships and stuff. Okay, um, I'm lo- I can't remember the name of the ship in Interstellar, even though we were literally watching that at my house a few weeks ago. But endurance. Um, there we go. No, That's the one I most I guess would want to compare it to. I feel like they're kind of similar ideas. Yeah, but I, endurance has that very distinctive the big ring and then the little shuttle that comes off. But this one functions. It's very the same similar, way. but yeah. That that one does have a more it has iconic an iconic look. silhouette, right? Yeah, whereas so it just has just a very does. rocket shippy silhouette. Right. So I guess they lost on that, but um. Well, also you don't you just don't get many like wide shots of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's all, all the that, tight cam. Yeah, the footage. camera's built into the ship, right? But the I, which it, it, Interstellar does a lot of as well. But every now and then it gives you a real nice wide shot. Yeah, but I did especially in the living quarters. Kind of, it, it does make you think. Gee, how would I do like living in this space for? Mm. An extended period of time, which most, I mean, okay, next generation makes you think, oh, well, being on the Enterprise D is kind of like being in an 80s Hilton, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but this one really does make you think, how would I, would I, would I get space madness just being in these, like, compartments? I don't think I could do it, and the simple reason is that I'm too horny. <laughs> Hey, like, who knows what was going on uh, in in those in this cargo compartment of the ship? Oh, very true. But yeah, like a year and a half or whatever, I don't even have a curtain on my bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, that's when you that, again cargo bay. They, yeah, they got you know, showers somewhere. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's got to happen. Yeah, I don't know. What What do you think of the idea that you send married couples to Mars? I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, as long as they're going to stay happily married couples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that because it could Cause backfire yeah, what's worse, big a time. worse, a bunch of singles or a bunch of people mid-divorce? Because like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that is the Lost in Space thing. When Lost in Space, it's like, that's stupid. His family goes into space. So it's like, oh, okay, that does actually make a little sense. Mm. Remember the Enterprise D again? That's where like, well, they probably should have their families on the ship with them, even though they couldn't you know, figure out how to do a relationship on Star Trek for many years after that, but... <laughs> well, TNG's relationships aren't terrible. Yeah, well, as if you're cool with a key party, they're fine, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I actually, yeah, I really do like the ship, though, just because I can kind of, like, get into it imagination-wise, like... Right. I mentioned the D being, like, a Hilton, because that wouldn't be what it's like at all, you know, but I feel like... You kind of get an accurate... The one I really had that for was Red Dwarf. Really? Why? I, used to find, I, don't be, I think it's because it was partially the spaceship, but then also just the, like, just single blokes who can just lay about and be bums all the time. Right. And as, like, I was still a kid living with my parents and had, like, no freedom, <laughs> that really appealed to me of just, like, it'd be nice to just have a spaceship I could wander around forever and just, like... When I'm hungry, I just go up to a machine and demand a curry and stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was basically, it was the Enterprise D, 
without any of the stress of actually having to Starfleet. <laughs> I just get to bum around on the Enterprise. No admirals. And, yeah. and of course, we've, we've now, you know, reduced ourselves to the lower decks, a couple of the lower decks people and a, and a cat, right? Yeah. And later, I guess, a, a, a fake data. <laughs> um, I, I think, I, did I, was I saying this Friday, I just love that original Red Dwarf opening because it's so despondent. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. this is the theme that Rimmer made for the show. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> Yeah, you like you, uh, you. I remember you telling me the first time you saw Red Dwarf and didn't know what it was. You saw that opening and had no clue you were about to watch a comedy show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With such a grandiose scene. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, anyway, uh, other designs. Europa is, looks awesome. These are pretty, an I, I assume they're analog effects because they just look gloopy and clunky. Yeah, I know. And I, I, Europa, because it shows up in like, I don't think they spend much time there in 2001, the movie. No, it's kind but of it is a big factor it. in the books. Yeah, that came uh, twenty ten. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. in the IMDb trivia that they there's a whole subplot about Europa in, in twenty ten that's not in the movie. Okay, right. Because then, yeah, like when you get to like twenty sixty one and three thousand one, there's like a full thriving ecosystem on Europa. Yeah, because I think they turned Jupiter into a star. <laughs> well, there's the whole idea that Saturn used to be a star, right? Yeah. Well, I think both of them. It's like they if they were slightly bigger, they would be. Yeah. No, no, there's, there's a theory that Saturn used to be our actual sun, right? Okay. And the, and the new one came in and kind of knocked it out. The golden age was when Saturn was the sun, man. I don't think that. I don't think possible. that. I, I don't know what's possible. <laughs> no, I, 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 don't, mean, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't fucking astrophysicist. I don't, I don't quickly buy into that idea, but it is interesting <laughs> to think about. Yeah. And there's always that weird hexagonal storm on Saturn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How do you explain that, man? Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> or it used to be a sun. I read a really. How does that explain it? It doesn't. <laughs> How did aliens explain it? <laughs> a big old city there. That's the shopping mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Saturn is a conduit from from the archons to reprogram our minds and okay, right. steal our louche. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading a really good book when I was a kid and into all this shit about. Um, it was explaining weird shit from the Bible as, like, it's because a planet passed into our orbit and stuff. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, and it was, it was, you know, it made sense to a 12-year-old who would believe anything. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't hold up to a second read, but... Well, I, I just did the, the DMT podcast, and his other major book is about the idea of, you know, biblical visions being fueled by that sort of thing. Okay. H him coming up with the DMT theory on yeah. that, but uh, which is probably more realistic, so... <laughs> But no, we haven't really talked much yet about that squid. That squid, yeah, that that is okay. Yeah, is this a monster movie? It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> you like you talk about like oh, the best monster movies. You don't see the monster till the end. This one really buys into that theory. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a monster movie. I thought they were just dying in accidents. Like, oh really? Oh, yeah. you didn't realize that the bioluminescence. Well, I knew that. I knew the bioluminescence, but I just figured I didn't know like a thing was getting them. Ah. <laughs> was like, like oh, this just because the first guy just drifts into space. She just falls through the ice. It's only really the last guy where you're like, okay, something's actually getting them. Well, she fell through the ice and then got eaten by the bioluminescence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she sees it, right? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, so, except for the dude lost in space, they're all eaten by the bioluminescence. Well, no, and the guy who died, the captain who dies, just pressing a button. Oh, right, right, right. But I, I imagine the squid might still eat him since he's, mm. his body's still there. I mean, you got to assume we're probably poisonous to the squid. Yeah, I was just—I was about to say we could have given the squid like a, an upset stomach or something. Yep. <laughs> and maybe it's not eating them. Maybe it's intelligent. It's just killing them to defend its 
Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, what 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 do we do? Aliens, you know, man. they they land in the backwoods of Alabama and get a bunch of people with guns. You know, right? Get off my lawn, you damn UFOs! UFOs? <laughs> well, I got my shotgun here. Show show them I'm in business. That's that's the response when you say, you know, shooting at the alien probably won't do anything, right? This is like the line in Independence Day. Authorities are urging citizens not to discharge their firearms at the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they just bounce off anyway. Who cares? It's still a dick move. <laughs> just the rain, man. Ain't nothing but the rain. <laughs> um, yeah, and we never get a full shot of Space Squid. I mean, it's just that. And, and I first saw this movie not knowing the ending. Mm. So I, 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 that is, that's a nice thing about this movie being somewhat obscure. Most people watching it uh, have... Oh, I, like, I had, didn't even have an idea it was a found footage movie. Mm. Until I press play, like, <laughs> and I, yeah, it's so obscure that I put it into uh, a Netflix and Amazon. It's not even in the ones you can buy on Amazon. It just doesn't come up. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Okay, yeah. I, I I hope this. I hope a few people are listening to this podcast because this is a cool movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, if you're the sort of person who listens to the Sci-Fi Sanctuary, you should probably check out this film. Mm. It does not feature Hilary Swank because I thought it did for about half of its running time. Huh. <laughs> I, I thought the la- the lady at back on Earth. Oh, was, the one back on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I I I was also thinking, gee, Hillary Swank's aged really fast. So I was actually kind of. I think I've seen her in something as well. Probably her and um, the older guy, the one the PTSD guy. I feel like I have seen them in. Something, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I have. But they're but... not like names. No, I, I was actually real happy when I found out it wasn't Hillary Swank because I was like, oh, she aged too really fast there. <laughs> so because uh, this actor was a touch older. Yeah. So. <laughs> People like us, as sci-fi science nerds, we always like to assume that if, like, alien life was properly discovered and proven, it would be this big, world-changing event. But do you think most people would actually give much of a shit? Um, have we found anything proper on Mars yet? <laughs> no. Okay, just check it, because that's my point. If they found a microbe, you know, Genesis style, yeah, people generally wouldn't care too much. I could, like, like, people like us would, right? Yeah, of course. But yeah, I don't think it would be like, oh man, we're not alone. Let's all suddenly change our ways. Like, I war mean, is over. <laughs> I mean, a, a fundamentalist, that's probably not going to knock him too hard. Yeah, well, it's, oh, well, God made life there as well. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do like that the big discovery is the microbe, and then, you know, the extra bonus eats them all. But, yeah. <laughs> but once they find the microbe, it's like, oh, mission complete. That's why they try to take off, right? Yeah. Like, hey, we did find some life. That's, well, we found enough that we know it's worth sending a better equipped team someday. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, spend the big bucks, because uh, maybe this is how we get into capitalism. Because my first note was, was this SpaceX or NASA, and they make it clear within five minutes, this is SpaceX. Yeah, it's a corporation doing this, yeah. <laughs> a privately owned. 
But what do you think? Uh, who who is going to make it to another planet first? Unless we all like blow up first. Well, yeah, because I was going to say the reason I hope that we find alien life is just it would be comforting to know that this fucking shithole isn't the only hope life has in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, I don't know. Like, I know you've got egotists like Elon Musk, but ultimately I don't think capitalism will do it unless they can conclusively find a profit in it. Okay. Is so if we discover, like, yeah, there is a very valuable resource on Mars, then, yeah, I think they would get there pretty quick. Um, I've always heard, like, asteroids. I, I think The Expanse, the, the TV show gets in that, right? That like mining asteroids? Is going to yeah. be the big moneymaker. Yeah. And, and that is a real thing. So I, I feel like, you know, these folks looking to rake in some bucks... Well, okay, Elon Musk, is he trying to rake in some bucks or glory? Well, he's got all the bucks. He's got all the bucks, that's well, the that's point. The, yeah, but that doesn't stop them, does it? Now they he's can have more money than they or anyone in their family could ever spend for the rest of time, and they still want more. So he showed up but, on Saturday Night Live so people would at least think he was funny. Well, somehow Elon Musk <laughs> always gets away with it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's beloved by everyone, even though he's just as bad as, like, a Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> that's because he's a way more... Bezos just pisses you off, right? Yeah. Elon Musk, at least, is, like, this weird ping-ponging, caterwauling ball of insanity. And it's like, I, I mean, come on. Like, I, my I, head says you should punch him in the face, but my heart says if I met him, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, he seems Whereas like Bezos, a, I wouldn't, there'd be no thought. Yeah, Bezos, <laughs> Bezos just seems like the fucking capitalist, where Elon Musk seems, I mean, he, does, he seems like a Martian, you know? It's like, I want to know the Martian. I want to talk to the Martian. No, Elon Musk makes you think the system is fucked, but you don't necessarily think he's fucked. Okay. Which you should, because, like, the reason he's rich is because his family is in, like, African slave-owning diamond mines. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's real fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's into internet memes and video games, and he made an electric car and tried, I guess, to help the environment a bit. Right. No, he, he is a fascinating dude, mm. for better or for worse, and I, and I don't know which, so. And, like, ultimately, if he does end up getting people to Mars, I'd, I'd be glad of that. Well, it's, like, okay, there is a certain amount of vision. I mean, we, we talked to Rod Roddenberry, right? Who came out to point, yeah, my dad was a person. He had some problems, you yeah. know? And he did. But the vision is, you know, pretty strong. What is Elon Musk's vision worthwhile? Well, the one I would compare it to is um, Oda Nobunaga, right? Clearly a fucking awful person. But maybe Japan would have had another century of civil war. If he hadn't done what he did. Right. <laughs> so he, he... Like, I don't... Someone who's not flawed doesn't do these things. Because if you're just a perfectly functional human being, then you just happily live your life, right? I guess that's why I'm happy living in Weta, because Weta Castle, this is Japanese history, is pretty much the last place to uh, tell the man to go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just caused a nuisance because it, like, distracted the guy who was meant to be going to join the big battle. Just spent all his time fighting at Wader instead. Yeah, it's a hip castle. Genius. We record a podcast there. Our podcasts were uninterrupted, man. Yeah, those <laughs> ones were difficult to record because sometimes we had to record them standing up. Right. That's why we don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, we don't really do a Wader castle anymore because that used to be what we do if we watched something at the theater. Yeah, they don't do theaters anymore. Maybe someday, some Halicon day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do I miss... I'm sitting here thinking if I, how much I truly... Because I've gotten to the point where i got things I do on my Sundays and Mondays now, and fitting in the theater would actually be mildly annoying, possibly. I'm going to see a movie in the theater, of course, but... <laughs> well, see, I still go a little bit, but it's also because it's right over... Yeah, I was about to say, you apartment. literally live across so the street. I can street. go there, like, before work on a Tuesday and shit, so. Exactly. <laughs> 
Whereas I might hit an onsen before work on a Thursday, so. <laughs> there's, there's different perks and things to your lot in life. Um, so, if this were a NASA mission, would that be better? Um, in the context of this film, I don't, it wouldn't make a difference. Because I mean, they are just going there to investigate. Because even NASA, right? They're basically started by, like, hijack Nazis. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd be like, NASA, that's the dream. It's like, oh, Werner von well, Braun. I, like, I mean, again, vision. To, <laughs> he was a Nazi who built fucking V2s and carried a card. And yep. But then there's a vision. It's like how far, it's like, but you don't want to, you don't want to excuse that, you know? Yeah, but then, like, I mean, I don't know much about him. Maybe he wasn't like this. But um, Oscar Schindler was a Nazi. That was just how you survived in that country with That's, being a member of the party. There's an element to that for Von Braun. Yeah. But he did acquiesce to making the V2s. Right. He did use fucking slave labor to build the V2s. Yeah, because it killed more people producing them than they killed being launched, right? <laughs> ah, but they were a Schweinhund. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like, can you forgive that? Well, no. no. So, you know, I don't care how much he hung out with, um, you know... Um, Nazi, Nazi um, money lender, Disney. There's a better word for that I had. But, because uh, <laughs> uh, Disney, Walt Disney was pretty supportive in, until World War II. Oh, and, and then wha- bankroller. Bankroller, there we go. And then money wha- bankroller, Nazi bankroller. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the boys, Disney himself, he whapped back as far the other way he could once the Nazis were clearly Nazis. Because he had supported yeah. the Nazis through the 30s. So, and he's like, I'm going to make all these, like, war films for the American effort, trying yeah, to clear it, his name. The optics got bad, so he pulled out. Like, I don't think he ever stopped hating the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 50s, he's like, oh, Werner. Sorry, why am I giving Disney a German accent? Because <laughs> I'm saying Werner, that's why. But, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I, I'll give, I, I know how to do a cleanup job. Let's do it. Yep. So, but then if you think about NASA, the, when NASA was at its best, it was like the moon missions, right? Right. But that was all fueled by the Cold War. That was all filmed by Kubrick. No, no. I'm, I'm, I, I, it's not like <laughs> NASA was ever acting... NASA never had the budget to do these things for purely scientific pacifist reasons. I don't think NASA's ever shot anyone. Let's put it that way. No. <laughs> at but, least at least not that we know but of. I'm not saying NASA themselves are bad, but I'm saying, like, the governments are not going to fund this level of space exploration for purely good motives. Anymore. They would do it for... No, but they, for they the did Cold it War, then. For the Cold like, War, yeah, yeah. there was an ulterior motive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, but at the same time, uh, let's credit Na- NASA. NASA, and I'm going. Yeah, I, I like. I love NASA. They've but nev- I don't like the people who are meant to give them money. <laughs> I don't think they've ever sent a weapon in the space that I know of. I mean, Reagan really tried to get them to. The Air Force has done this. Yeah, and okay. then yeah, well, we have got the Space Force now, my friend. Yeah, do we? <laughs> I think technically we do. It's like just three guys in an office. Somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying there. There are these like, they send these Air Force ships into space for like two year periods and then they land and mm-hmm. it's very Buck Rogers. Yep. Maybe one of them's been lost and he won't show up for another 500 years. Yeah, I feel like the only reason I think NASA would go to Mars at this point is if they decided they had to beat China there. That's what I was about to say. That, that would be the thing. I, I think China has their shit together more. I think they're going to be the first. Well, again, because they, <laughs> they don't have to worry about whether the people want to do it. But, but <laughs> totalitarian it, state. That's where this movie does kind of work well, because I'm like, would it be like SpaceX or China? I'm not thinking NASA, uh, really, you know? Yeah. I'm like, would it be SpaceX or would it be 
Or what, what is Bezos' space thing? Because he tried to get on that, too. Blue Horizon, is it? I don't know. It's something like Blue Horizon. It does have some momentum, but not nearly as much as SpaceX. I guess he detected some Krypton in one of the meteors. Kryptonite in one of the meteors. Let's go get it. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... But yeah, I, it is... What I like about this movie is it has a lot... It's so grounded in so many ways, but then also has... Um, just just the touches of the fantastical because in general but even life a light up space squid is not that impossible no it's not at all it's <laughs> like but it's fantastical when you first meet it and get eaten yeah, by yeah. it but um yeah yeah it's just it's it's a cool balance of the fantastical and the, the very grounded and the fantastical also being reasonable yeah um I, I think i heard one of the most one of the most unreasonable things in this movie and and this could be wrong so feel free to hit back at this is the communications thing is a bit of a MacGuffin. Because they could use flashes and communicate using Morse code. Radio signals would take a long time, yeah, like but they, radio they signals were, would work. They were communicating back in the 60s from the moon. So I'm pretty sure these guys could figure out a way to say, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be like a three-hour delay, right? Yeah. But they could probably they could do, do something. <laughs> yeah, so that that is what I heard as being sort of the most unrealistic thing here. Yeah, but... You know, there, there are ways to... Uh, there are workarounds, basically. Right. So, um, there's, you know, I mean, the first one where they sent him out and, and the, the junior engineer dies, I mean, that would have happened, but after that, hey, what's that little fuzzy Oh, that's a fuzzy little caterpillar. Kind of like a space squid, except he's a caterpillar. Oh, he looks like I don't want to touch him, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he'd be sharp. I don't really want him crawling on me, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we're going to go to our last segment as I adjust around the, the fuzzy caterpillar. Unless you had another design thing you no, wanted to No, I mean, I, the design of this guy is quite fascinating, but yeah. the others just can't see that. We survived our uh, fuzzy caterpillar attack, although I really just didn't want to accidentally smush him while wildly talking. Yeah, Matt just like gesticulates like Hitler during his speeches. <laughs> <laughs> during my speeches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when do I make speeches? That's just what this whole thing is. It's just like your manifesto to the world. Oh, okay. For. <laughs> <laughs> is it, uh, uh, I'm going to be quoting a movie here. Is it? All children under 16 are now 16. <laughs> what uh, is that? That's from the movie Bananas, where they, okay. they, they have a revolution, and they um, install, like, a Castro guy who immediately goes nuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just starts making pronouncements like that. So, Oh, God, I, I was, I was going to say Woody Allen's Bananas. I feel like I'm not supposed to even mention him anymore, but... Uh, it's well, a, that's the thing. He's, like, the guy who should be cancelled, but just keeps not being. There's, like, five of those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's known for, like, 15 years that Woody Allen's a Roman, but it's like, yeah, but his films win the awards, so I still want to be in them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, that's, that's the older, funnier stuff, which everyone likes. Because you don't really have... Well, he does star in it, so you have to watch him the whole time, but... Yeah. I mean, it's not like he wasn't a talented... Either. Comedian. God, how old is he now? He, why isn't he dead yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no damn justice in the world. <laughs> He's been old since like the late 70s. 
I think he was just one of those guys who looked really old before he was old. Yeah, yeah. But it, but in the 90s, he was already, like, really old. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and they were talking about um, Clint, East, Clint Eastwood film, Unforgiven, about how that film's about how he's, like, an old cowboy who's past his prime. But now, like, 30 years later, he's going to do another one. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess he wasn't actually old in that one. He was only, like, 50. <laughs> <laughs> now he's, like, old. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, good for him, I guess. Yeah, he's... he's He's made a longer career than most people's whole career out of the twilight of his career. (laughs) (sighs) Um, As for this one, it should hold up, but it never, it never, it never made it, it never got a seat at the table to start with. It's one of those, I don't, I did like this film and I think people should watch it, but it feels like they went into it with the attitude of like, let's make a film where the characters don't do all the dumb shit that film characters usually do, (laughs) where they're just professional and they get on and they do the space mission. And it kind of makes you realize why in most films they do all the dumb shit. <laughs> because it's just there's not that much drama or excitement or conflict in this film. Does the fascination make up for it? It does, but then they don't get to show you much of the fascination. But that's... I, okay, I guess that's just... That's how this would actually roll. Yeah, 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 definitely. What about the... Uh, something like the For All Mankind documentary? Or the Earth to the Moon, the TV show? Because that, that's doing sort of the same thing. The yeah. right stuff... They're adding drama into there, or how much are they adding? I don't, I don't know. Because mm. uh, you watch the right stuff, and it's all about Gus Grissom being it's, screwed. I'm not even necessarily saying they should have done this film differently, but I'm just a. I don't feel the urge to rewatch it like I do something like Interstellar, where the very big human emotional element is what brings me back. You're missing the gravity of love, man. Exactly. Okay. Okay, that's the point. Because I have that's. I, well, this that, that's it. This is. Almost entirely a head film. Mm. Whereas I guess I like a bit more heart in my films. So this is like what... the best track does both, right? Yeah. This is what the geeks wanted from Interstellar. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. This is the film that people thought they wanted from Interstellar. But I think Interstellar is a fantastic film. Oh, same here. It's not and, like that. And I, I, if it didn't have all the crazy metaphysical quantum stuff, I, I wouldn't like that one nearly as much. Yeah. Which makes some people absolutely hate it, but... Again, uh, you know, the, the John Williams score is, is the force in Star Wars. Interstellar has... Um, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and just, the, you know, trying to echo, like, insane Bach Orion chords. Uh, and let's talk about this one. Uh, this film, not not the most impressive soundtrack I've ever heard, but it was done by uh, Bear McCready, who did Battlestar Galactica, which is one of the best film soundtracks the, I've ever I, the heard. The only thing I noticed about this soundtrack is that um, it does a thing where... That even in the happy moments, there's still like some ominous tones under the happy music. You are in it's deep like space. You're never allowed to just be comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, because like I guess when you're in deep space, you are never fully comfortable. Yeah, it's about to say if you whack like, the wall too hard, you've just made o- everyone real uncomfortable. The only sane one in Star Trek was Bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like bet- between us and the infinite void of space, there's like two meters of. Transparent aluminum. <laughs> and Neelix was sane until space drove him nuts. <laughs> was Neelix not into space? I don't remember that being a thing. Actually, I, I just I was rewatching some Voyager because that, that was my birthday present getting the yeah, Voyager yeah. set. And I, I was watching the earlier ones where they actually do try and make Neelix kind of curmudgeonly for the, like the first five or six episodes. Huh. And then kind of give up and just make him like the, the cheesiest bastard ever. Right. <laughs> Until we get to, what is it? Uh, Tuvix? Yeah! <laughs> Tuvix was murdered. 
Tuvix was a murder. Tuvix should have been the new character. <laughs> and, and then Deep Space Nine, Odo, they, we should have had, like, casual Odo. You haven't gotten that far yet, have you? No, I, I, I'm still meaning to start DS9. I haven't got around to it. Oh, okay. That, that was too... I, I, I got it in my head that I would finish Lower Decks and Discovery first. Uh, but I haven't really watched them either. Oh, well. But this is about Europa 4. But it, again, this is a very trekky. Um, yeah, because it's a film, film about. Well, and it's got that Trek thing of these are people at work. Yeah. It's a workplace film about going into space. And this is a straight. That, that's something we talk about when we do the Star Trek films. The Star Trek films are rarely actually about exploration. Mm. And this one is absolutely about exploration. You know, um, change some of the trappings, add a few people on the ship, make the ship bigger. This is a Star Trek episode. Yeah, in the same way that we said Interstellar was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just noting that Interstellar and this are kind of more... They're more Trek than most of the Trek films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the ones that... Where Trek does explore are the ones people don't like. That's Insurrection. That's five, you know? (laughs) So it's kind of interesting. Like, people... What they want isn't what they like, necessarily. Mm Mm-hmm. So... It's not the movie, the Europa Report's not the movie you deserve, it's the movie you need, or is it the other way around? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I think it is the movie they deserve. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to complain about it together, you can watch Europa Report. <laughs> Sounds like I'm really shitting on Europa Report. It was fine. I didn't dislike it. It just, I think it's just because of the way it was originally sold to me was like, 2001, Interstellar, Europa Report. Like, the films. And it's like, it's not one of them. Yet, okay, I, I've already said, like, I will put Interstellar over this easily, but Gravity and oh, Gravity the Martian, like those Gravity go under this one. Yeah, I, I don't actually rate Gravity very highly. Yeah. Passengers will put at the bottom of that pile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do that one. <laughs> I still haven't um, watched The Martian, but I did like the book. It's, it's, it's fine? Yeah. <laughs> so was the book. The book was written by a NASA engineer or something, right? Or, oh, or a NASA geek of some kind, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a- anyway, the mar- I, 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 I've watched. This was the third time I've seen Europa Report. Mm. I've never rewatched The Martian, though I did enjoy watching it. I watched Gravity one time because I bought the Blu-ray because none of these other movies had come out yet. Right. That was the thing with that one. None of these other ones Gravity, had come out. Gravity. I think yet. Gravity was the first of this little. It got the ball rolling. About yeah. But they did, and and there are. I mean, it's not. I don't hate that movie. It's I'm an just, impressive film, but it's not really like a sci-fi space. Wonderment film. I think all it's the ones that followed movie, up right? on it did better, including this one. Yeah. And like I said, this is actually, I think this is my number two of those, uh, that first half of the 2010 sort of uh, hard sci-fi or attempted hard sci-fi. But the ones films. I've seen, I guess that, that is where I'd put it, yeah. It's just that I put Interstellar so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interstellar is one of the all-time films for me. No, that goes right in with 2001 for me. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't presume to put this. This one, um, I would put it on pretty even keel silent running. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Which, the, only, the complaint about Interstellar, which I will accept, is that the ending sequence would have been better with less dialogue. Okay. Something I, I look at our stats every once in a while, and I have noticed that Silent Running's had an interesting... It's one of our bump ones. Huh. People have come in and listened to that one, so maybe Europe Report just well, maybe, lives maybe in that space. Maybe it's just that there's not a lot of it, Silent Running content out there, right? That could be the case as well. If you're a Silent Running fan, and maybe if you put it into YouTube, we might be on, like... Yeah, the top of the results. You I, know? I, I like this better in Silent Running because, as I do like Joan Baez, but I don't like Joan Baez doing those songs for Silent Running. This doesn't have. This has a good score. It doesn't have any adorable robots there. Yeah, there's no robots in this. They should have had a robot on the ship. Yeah, 
Yeah. Sorry, I, I, like I said, um, we had just been watching Interstellar, so. Yeah. Um, we're about halfway through. My, my daughter said she wanted to see The Shining. Ah, and and the deal because my dude my, take it to see it in the theater in a couple months. Yeah, my wife wanted it's running. To, my wife <laughs> see my not me. My wife wanted her to watch Interstellar. Okay, and we've been watching at lunch for twenty minutes to him, and she's like, "You can't see The Shining until you finish Interstellar." <laughs> that, that's how things roll at my house. You can't see The Shining until you finish. How can you see The Shining if you haven't finished Interstellar? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're about halfway through. I, I think I think they just got through the wormhole and they're and I think they're just about land on the water planet. That's where okay, we are. So yeah, it's just kicking off. Yesterday was uh, Yakiniku Day though, so we didn't watch any Interstellar. Okay. Yeah. You think I segment these movies? Try try the family viewings. <laughs> Unless they really snag my daughter, which um, or about Men in Black, right? Yeah. After this, that's our next recording, and um, Barry Sonnenfeld, and she just sat there and watched both Adams Family movies, just. Ah. So that was interesting. I guess I should have made Men in Black a family viewing. Oh well. Maybe. Well, yeah, because like Will Smith is liked in Japan, so maybe that one would have held yeah. on. But anyway, we'll get to that in about an hour. So, as for now, I, I think we've said what we wanted to say on this. Rep- we've made our report on Europa Report. Yep. So, um, do the thing, I suppose. So yeah, if you want to hear more of our podcast, you can find us on Twitter at MLSFSPod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Anyway, where you can get podcasts, just search Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and review. Tell all your friends about it. If you know folks who are into space movies, then A, you know, maybe put them onto your Oprah book because they probably haven't seen it. And then once they've watched it, send them our way. Get, us, get them listening. And if you want to hear more of our podcast, and if you want to throw us a few dollars to help us keep doing this, you can go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. And now you can hear them early. I've, I've already put up a couple of the uh, sci-fi sanctuaries. Just the raw audio. It doesn't have all of the music, which you... I think you just said, but I wasn't paying that much attention. I didn't attention. mention that, but no, yeah, if you do, <laughs> if you do want to listen to our podcast early, Matt is now adding them, so for just a dollar a month of Patreon, you can get these as soon as we've, basi- basically as soon as we've recorded them. And hear the weird stuff that's said in between the, uh, the, the segments, which isn't that much, but occasionally there's something entertaining there. Yeah. And, and there's the earliness, of course, so. Well, in a lot of our recent ones, I feel like you're having to really force a break in because we've just been talking for the full hour when we get a good guest in. True. <laughs> okay, well, dear listener, it's time to... Fermat's room.